Hey there, this is Romanticy, a podcast created by Dipsy. I'm your host, Faye Keegan. And I know what you're thinking. A Romanticy podcast hosted by someone whose first name is actually Faye doesn't seem real. And I gotta say, the number of people who realize that my name just means fairy has gone up tremendously, exponentially, never came up for <laughs> most of my life until recently. And I directly blame Book Talk. But, you know, hey, all I can really do is lean into it, um, become an expert on all things fae, fairies, fantasy, romance, and just read everything I possibly can. If you're new um, to the genre or to me or to Dipsy, I'm Faye. I'm the founder of Dipsy. We create short, spicy audio stories designed to turn women on. I started creating fancy content about two years ago, and we're releasing a small set of that content on this podcast, but there are hundreds of more stories available right now on the Dipsy app. And you can get 30 days free by using the code Romanticy right now at dipsystories.com. That's D-I-P-S-E-A-S-T-R-I-E-S.com slash Romanticy to get 30 days free. So in episode two of Wings of Winter, we travel back to Aurora and we get to know a lot more about the characters that we're going to follow through this series. And we sort of are setting ourselves up for the competition, the gleaning to actually start. It's very enemies to lovers coded absolutely delightful and we get our first dose of spice towards the end of this episode definitely got to say for this one headphones are very much encouraged and recommended but i fear i've said too much already so here it is episode two of wings of winter orion's thunderous footsteps clattered around the corner he had seen us and yet did not suspect you. Before I could wonder why I suddenly cared so much about the welfare of a human stranger, you pushed me roughly off you. You stood in the moonlight with your arms crossed and your eyes narrowed at me in icy suspicion. What do you want from me, you asked, your voice dripping with disdain. A moment earlier I had felt deep concern, now anger hot like lava, seeped into the cracks where my worry had been before. Who were you to question me like that? Had I not shown up, you would have been killed by Orion before the competition even began. He would have killed you as if you were nothing, squished you like a silver fly under his thumb, and you dared to look at me as if I were the nuisance. It had been years since I'd had any meaningful connection with humans, and now I remembered why. A lot of you were infuriatingly illogical, maddeningly reckless, and you, you were a notch more foolish than any I had met. I should have turned my back on you then, left you and your propensity for self-induced danger far behind. Instead, like some mad mountain crone, I asked you what you meant. You had the audacity to roll your eyes. You expect me to believe that a fae would do a favor for a human without expecting something in return? You asked. I know all fae think of us humans as brainless, but I refuse to be played the fool. What is it from me that you want, Rowan? I laughed then. I really laughed. What could a human like you possibly offer me, a fae warrior and son of the king? Your eyes somehow narrowed further, and I thought you might try to hit me with a dagger. It was hard for me to keep my voice level as I spoke. I was only trying to protect you, I said, 
and against my better judgment. I'm still willing to protect you, I continued. If you come back with me to the party, my claim on you will be cemented in the eyes of the other competitors. That's my final offer, human. Take it or leave it, I warned. And then you did the unthinkable. You turned on your heel and walked towards the castle. You're back to me. It was a clear signal, warrior to warrior, that you did not consider me a threat. No thanks, you said, without even turning to glance back at me. My blood boiled. Who did you think you were? I stalked back to the banquet hall, still seething. I was not used to being so casually dismissed or so swiftly insulted. I was hoping to be distracted by whatever drama was surely unfolding inside. Even though the first challenge would not begin until morning, game rules were enacted at midnight. Thirty days in the royal court. Ten challenges. And only one winner. None of us knew what the challenges would be in advance. We could take clues from the past gleanings, tests of strength, endurance, and strategy. There had been many battles against beasts, mazes, and riddles. And before we even entered the first game, regular rules of life were gone. Any fight, violence, or even kill that happened was not punishable by the courts of the realm. And thus, it wasn't unusual for a competitor or two to perish before dawn. Kills on the first night were common for two reasons. One, it was an intimidation tactic, a way for the strongest and most brutal of competitors to establish themselves as formidable. And two, we immortals are shit at holding our alcohol. When we drink, our magic becomes stronger, and in turn, harder to control. Faye, in particular, become more aggressive and impulsive. As the son of the king, I was safer than most. To kill me would win a competitor no favors with the royal court. Still, I knew it would be safer to find an ally than to stand alone. So I found Hawthorne by the bar. She gave me a knowing look before speaking. I didn't know you had a taste for humans, Rowan. I thought only Orion had seen us together, but I hadn't accounted for Hawthorne's powers. She had psychic ability, the vision as the witches called it and she must have had a vision of us in the courtyard together. I glanced over my shoulder to make sure no one was watching, then quickly whispered to her the story of Orion's stolen dagger, the reckless human, and me, making sure to emphasize that the kiss was for your protection and nothing more. I wonder if she's a halfling, Hawthorne murmured, saying out loud what I had been thinking. Then she glanced at the clock and my eyes followed, the big hand inched dangerously close to midnight. We wouldn't have time to discuss. And what was worse, my thoughts still felt scattered. I couldn't stop thinking about you. You were throwing off my concentration. I was about to tell Hawthorne that I was going to take a walk in the night air to clear my head when I felt her nails dig into my arm. She leaned close to me and whispered in my ear, The human is in trouble. I just had a vision. Orion is going to exact his revenge against her at midnight. I felt dread settle in my stomach like a large stone in deep water. The clock was about to strike. Go to her, Hawthorne told me, and I wasted no time.
My magic was ablaze. I was acting on pure adrenaline. As soon as I was outside the banquet hall, my wings burst through the back of my cloak, shredding the fabric into scraps. I gritted my teeth and soared into the darkness. I did not know what bedchamber you had been assigned, but I let my primal instincts guide me. When I saw a window with shattered glass, I knew it must be yours. I flew through the opening and landed in a warrior's stance, certain I would be protecting you from Orion. But I was too late. The skirmish was over. Orion was dead. And it was you, standing over his body. Your hands on your hips in a self-satisfied pose. I couldn't believe my eyes. I told you I could protect myself, you said. I failed to suppress my laugh. Fair enough, I said. How did you? I began to ask, but before I could finish, you were pulling the dagger out of Orion's chest. It was clearly broken, bent by the very strength of his muscle. You muttered a string of expletives so vile I laughed again. You were shaping up to be the strangest woman I'd ever encountered in my 500 years. It was foolish, but I knew then I wanted you on my side in this competition. You were unknown and dangerous. A skilled huntress. The royal court would think it insane. My father would likely punish me after the competition for doing something as foolish as this. Allying myself with a human. But you were a dark horse and I wanted you on my team. Join me, I said. I already told you. I don't need protection as your beloved or whatever other sexist thing you were suggesting. You spat back. I don't mean as my lover. I said. I mean as my ally. I want you on my team, I continued. Terms, you asked. I will protect you, and you will protect me. We help each other until the final challenge, and then it's every man. I mean, every man and every woman for themselves. How can I know that I can trust you, you asked. You weren't going to make this easy, were you? I sighed and pulled my sword from my scabbard. I crouched down and slid it across the floor so you knew I meant no harm. You picked it up and turned the encrusted hilt over in your hand a few times. You looked confused. But I could kill you with this, you said. That's exactly the point, I replied. I suppose if I want you to trust me, I need to create some equality. With that sword, you could take my life. I meant what I said. I wanted you to trust me, and it really was a risk. Human weapons were powerless against immortals. But if a human could get their hands on an immortal weapon, they could kill us. Okay, you said softly. Allies, I asked. You slipped my sword into your scabbard and then stuck out your hand. I grasped yours in mine and then there it was again. My magic like flames licking under my skin. I ignored the feeling. You should go to bed, I said. This is only going to work if you don't tell me what to do, Rowan. I didn't tell you what to do. I made a light suggestion. You laughed at that, clearly annoyed, but perhaps less so than you had been at me thus far that night. You sighed and said, it doesn't matter. I can never sleep before battle anyway. I wondered what other battles you had been in, but... 500 years in the royal court had taught me when it was best to speak up and when it was best to bite your tongue. I stayed quiet. It's the same for me, I said. 
You looked at me then like you were surveying me, sizing me up for a fight. I was, for the millionth time that night, confused. What were you doing? And then I picked up on the sound of your heart. It had begun to thrum a tick faster than before. You likely didn't know I could hear it. Humans were unaware of the extent of our powers and the strength of our senses. And then your breath sped up too. Even from across the room, I could feel the softness of each exhale like a breeze on my skin. You took a step towards me and then another. Before I could stop you, you were kneeling before me, unlacing my battle leathers. What in the name of gods are you doing, human? I asked. I'm going to help you relax, and then you're going to help me relax, you said smugly. As allies, you added, not lovers. Let me be very clear, Rowan. I still think you're a fucking presumptuous fey ass. Can you handle that? There were a thousand reasons why it was a terrible idea to say yes. And yet, I said yes. My cock ached against the leather of my pants, yearning to be set free by you. When you finally took me into your hands, I shuddered in pleasure at the softness of them. You were my very first human. I was used to the sheer strength of Fay. You, although undoubtedly fierce and capable, felt alarmingly breakable. There was a certain rush to it, the polarity between us. Perhaps you felt it too, for when you took me in your hands, I thought I noticed something akin to hunger flash in your eyes. It was surely thicker and heavier than any human manhood you'd had before. Magic pulsed in my member as you began to stroke me. I had taken many lovers, of course, but the way you were touching me was unlike anything I'd felt before. And yet, I didn't want to give you the satisfaction of knowing just how good it felt. So I steeled my jaw and hoped my face had not betrayed my pleasure. It felt delicious and dangerous. I wanted more. As if you could read my mind, you teased the tip of my cock with your tongue, licking me before plunging me past your lips. You moaned, clearly enjoying yourself. And hearing your pleasure sent me over the edge. I let out a guttural sound, something deep and primal. You took me deeper into your mouth then, working me harder and faster. Your mouth was warm and wet. You somehow made it look easy, and when you looked up at me, I swore you knew it. Somehow you looked both arrogant and innocent at the same time. Damn you to hellfire, human. What had you done to me? You took my balls into your hand then, squeezing and playing with them. And I knew I would not last long. I dug my hands into your hair. My magic was no longer flames licking under my skin. It was a full forest fire raging in my body and I felt close to explosion. You took me as deep into your mouth as I could go and I tried to move so that I would not spill inside you. But you didn't let me go. You flicked your eyes up at me, a smile creeping into the corners of them as I came. And then you squeezed them shut, swallowing every last drop of me down. You wiped your mouth with the back of your hand. Your turn, show me what you got, you said. I swept you into my arms and nearly tackled you onto the bed. Sweet laughter exploded from your mouth as I pinned you to the large four-poster bed and ripped off your battle leathers as if they were nothing but the most delicate of silks. 
Is this okay? I growled, and you nodded your head. I worked my way down your body, kissing your deliciously soft curves. My mouth was watering for the taste of you, and I wasted no time. I sucked on the inside of your thigh, then slid my tongue between your slick lips, gathering up every drop of salty wetness on my tongue. My mind went numb, blank with pleasure. I'd never tasted something so perfect. I had to tell myself to breathe slowly so that I would not be too rough. It took every ounce of my self-control to hold myself back. I circled your clit with my tongue, making lazy spirals around it over and over again. You moaned and bucked your hips up, pressing yourself harder against me and gripping the sheets, all but begging me for more. I could sense each breath you took, each thump of your heart. It made it easy to know exactly what you liked, what would make your back arch and toes curl. I used the rhythms of your body as a compass, following whatever seemed to make you feel good. I slid two fingers inside you, slipping them in and out as I sucked on your clit. I was quick after that. You tightened around me, pulsing with pleasure and coming undone. When you came, magic exploded inside me. In that moment, I was filled with so much strength I could have taken on any opponent. But all I wanted to do was to lay there with you, breathing heavily, my head resting on your thigh. The tenderness I felt towards you was unexpected and unfamiliar, and almost certainly unreciprocated. You saw me as a haughty and arrogant fayass, a means to an end, a tool at your disposal. It would behoove me to remember that and treat you as such as well. We were only 30 days away from the final challenge when almost certainly one of us would have to die at the hands of the other. In the last gleaning, there were only three survivors. You rolled over in bed, clearly inviting me to take my leave. I didn't need to be told twice. 